Hello survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 2 and our focus in this edition is on the upcoming 2019 reimagining of Resident Evil 2, affectionately referred to as Remake 2. I'm your host Soniac, you can call me Sai, and this week joining me on the panel, he's not just for Christmas, he's for life, it's Firebutton Steve Valance. Hello. Still searching for that wind crest, it's Box 64 Jordan Sugru. He's gone somewhere. <laughs> I hit the mute button. Hey, folks. Sorry. <laughs> and introducing a new voice, the other half of the Resident Evil 2 board game Facebook admin team, tabletop enthusiast Adam Russell Reeves. Hey, guys. So, first of all, at the top of the show, I want to do some quick housekeeping. Uh, as I said previously on the first episode, this podcast kind of lives and dies on its reaction. So, I want to thank everyone for listening to that first episode, sharing it around, commenting on it, and uh, just generally mentioning that you're interested in hearing more from us. So, this episode is kind of like the real launch of the show. So, when this goes out, you should now be able to follow us on Twitter, which is FA Spray Pod. That's FA Spray Pod. Uh, same handle for Instagram as well. And you can find us on Facebook by doing a search for First Aid Spray Podcast. When we've got enough likes, you can set up the URL and likely it will be the same. Uh, you can get in touch with us as well to offer suggestions for the podcast, ask some questions for our bite-sized discussion uh, section, and offer yourself forward to read file recordings for future episodes. And the email is fasprayPod at gmail.com. Most importantly, you can now join our Discord community. Uh, it'll plan on this is to be a place for Resident Evil fans and podcast fans to gather, discuss the show, discuss the franchise in general, talk to the panel and the hosts and such like, and uh, you can contribute bite-sized discussion questions, like I said before, or put yourself forward for file readings. But best of all, and sort of the plan from the beginning of this show was... If you are in the Discord server, we're going to let you know when the podcast is going to be recorded, what it's going to be about, and you can join a voice chat live and listen to the live, unedited show as it's being uh, recorded and contribute via the text chat. It's going to be a whole thing, so hopefully uh, it'll be a bit dead as you hear this first episode, this second episode, I should say, but we should be building a community once you guys join up, so please... I urge you to do that. And uh, the last thing, of course, is the RSS feed. Um, if you want to find this podcast on your podcasting apps, it should be appearing sometime in the future. I've submitted it to iTunes, so it's just a matter of waiting for them. Someone did recommend me Podcast Addict, which is so far a pretty good app. And we're on that if you want to listen to us on the go. But uh, yeah, that's a work in progress. Whew. Okay, all of that out of the way, let's move on to our first section for this show, which is, of course, the news. Alright then, so our first bit of news, sort of a bit of fact-checking compared to the previous episode, is that James Wan is not affiliated with the film reboot. It is now Johannes, I think that's how you pronounce it, Roberts, and they've been named as the writer and director of the said reboot. Do we have any thoughts, chaps? Yeah, I read about this the other day, and I I looked into it, and as far as I can tell, this guy hasn't done anything I recognize. I looked on his IMDb, and it's a lot of pretty cheap, by the looks of it, um, horror stuff, which could be good. I mean, that could be the, the direction we kind of want to see um, over the weird kind of sci-fi mm. previous horrible films. So I'm, I'm sad that James Wan isn't involved, because I kind of like his... 
his look, but I think this this could be interesting. I'll, I'll be tentatively um, excited about it, but we'll see. I like the positive slant. Um, admittedly, when I looked uh, Johannes Roberts up, I was a little bit put off by the fact that his eight or so releases, they're all, like you say, sort of run-of-the-mill thriller stuff. Um, they've all got very much middling reviews on IMDb. All their <laughs> ratings are 50s, you know, 60s and stuff, which isn't a great sign. And James Wan dropping out, he said that uh, he's not doing that anymore. That has been dropped, was his quote. Um saying something along the lines of that he gets attached to stuff early on and then people announce it when it isn't necessarily 100%. So it'll be interesting to see, like we said previously, how much uh, of his original idea even exists. We'll never really know, I'm sure, but I'm sure it's a long way off. And uh, yeah. It's strange, to be honest. I'm kind of in the same boat as you chaps. I looked at the IMDb and I saw what essentially strikes me as those kind of like those cheap Netflix films and mm. those Amazon Prime films that just, you know, like <laughs> Undertaker and Deadly, you know, Deadly Cheese, just random, <laughs> random titles that yeah, you like never heard mega, of. Mega Shark or, you know, stuff like that. It was kind of like. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm he's. It, it, when I looked at it, obviously you've got like the the posters or the or the covers or whatever on IMDb, and they just remind me of those uh, cheap movies that you get in. To use a very British reference, CX and the sort of like trading <laughs> shops, and you see them for about seventy five p, and you, you go That's Poundland, <laughs> Poundland DVDs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not even worth a punt, sort of. <laughs> sort of things. Yeah, because there's two there's two kinds of cheap movies, and and this is kind of like his caliber does sort of look like that that bad side of it, where it's kind of you know, are you up for something like you know cheap CGI blood over you know old-fashioned blood packs or something like yeah. that. I mean, I like the idea of having somebody who's pretty small fry as a director. I mean, like, no offense to uh, Mr. Roberts there, but like, I kind of like the idea of it being completely an unknown guy, and I don't think um, the production parties involved are you know, they're not big Hollywood. They're not going to try and like just muscle a no-name director to do whatever they want. Um, I like the idea of just kind of giving this project to somebody and seeing if they can run with it. Whether that will actually happen, though, is another thing altogether. A completely unknown. Yeah, I could get with that. Yeah, I agree as well. I think that maybe he's going to have a lot more leeway. Um, maybe that's the way they're going with it. In all honesty, I think it could go one of two ways. It's either going to be bad or it's going to be like gloriously bad, in my opinion. I hope it's gloriously bad. <laughs> so bad is good can make a make a bad film really enjoyable, like Troll right. 2 and stuff like that. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I'm definitely going to see that new Sonic film in the theatres, and I've got no hope that <laughs> oh that's, that's going to be terrible. But it's going to be really funny, so there you go. God bless Sonic the Hedgehog. All right, <laughs> so our next bit of news then is, if I'm honest, this is the most bizarre thing I've read. You know, PUBG Mobile, Player Unknown Battlegrounds Mobile, and Resident Evil are having a crossover. So, yeah, on December 1st, PUBG Mobile released a, I think it was a tweet during yeah. the Dubai finals, and it's just, there's going to be a crossover. PUBG, hashtag PUBG Mobile XRE2, and that's it. Radio silence. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? They, they put out like, I don't even want to call it a teaser video because it was just like eight seconds of Resident Evil 2 footage we've already seen. So I have no idea what what is this like and when to expect any more information is the other thing. Like, it's very, very odd. 
It's been radio silence since, hasn't it? Yes, very strange. I'm not. So I'm completely unfamiliar with uh, PUBG. Uh, I know it's like a Fortnite style yes, game, right? It's, it's a like battle, a, um, a battle royale. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much all I know about it. So I mean, I could see it being interesting if it's just a, a ton of zombies and you just have a bunch of guys dropped into a spot and zombies everywhere. I could see that being a fun game. I mean, I don't know how much Resident Evil is going to come across. Zombies are a pretty generic thing, unless they add like liquors and stuff, maybe. Mm. But I mean, I could see it being a good waste of time to play especially if it's on mobile i suppose it makes me wonder just what is this going to be one con like content from one series in the other or both are we go is it just oh well there's resident evil content like costumes or whatever in PUBG, and that's sort of the extent of it or is this going to be like yeah PUBG content in resident evil it's yeah it's like i say the vagueness uh, of it means who knows that'll be the bare minimum just j- just to have costumes. cosmetic skins because yeah. that's it's quite typical for Capcom these days as well. Mm. In fact, I'm kind of surprised that are, are there any Monster Hunter costumes coming to PUBG because that's, <laughs> that's their bread and butter. It's Monster Hunter costumes everywhere. Uh, I mean, I would expect it would just be like a skin. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't think it would be too much more than than cosmetic changes. Yeah, I expect. But again, that. I'm not super familiar with it, so. Yeah, I, I hope I would hope it's no more than that personally. But <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of wondering if it's going to be. Um, I don't know if you chaps have ever played Fortnite, but they did a a big Thanos crossover when Infinity War dropped with like a whole custom kind of character mode and things. I'm wondering maybe it was something like that, like you have a, a temporary limited time mode where you play as Leon and Claire or something, and they've got like or like, or like Burke can mutate yeah. and mutate around smash stuff. Exactly. Maybe. I mean, that seems. I don't know how many of those kinds of things Fortnite have done in terms of their crossovers. I'm, I'm aware of the Thanos one. I don't know if there's any other. But They've done a handful. They've done like a ha- okay. shot temporary crossovers. Yeah, I think Thanos okay. is the big one. I was going to say, if it was just Thanos and Resident Evil, those are very big disparity in those Yes. Of... <laughs> it's not quite the you know uh, public perception as Avengers. But maybe, yeah, who, who can say? Yeah. It's a very strange thing, really, because PUBG sort of was born out of a zombie survival online game, and then now zombies are coming back into it as well. But I won't won't go into that in too much detail, but very strange. Um, On the Resident Evil side, I'm wondering if there's like an unannounced mode, like say a Mercenaries Road or a Raid mode, and I imagine it might be just a cosmetic character skin if it's going both ways. But yeah, that's all my real thoughts on that one. All right, our next bit of news is rather straightforward and more for everyone who likes buying nice bits of fancy tat. Numskull have launched RE2 merchandise. These were the guys who did like the Resident Evil 7 stuff, like shirts and candles and all sorts of other goof things. You can get the same, you can get like handles, cats. Uh, cats? Hats. Resident Evil 2 cats. Hey, mate, branded cats. It's the future, all right? <laughs> but, uh... Also, like handles was what you said. <laughs> handles for your cats. Yeah. It's like those lucky cat toys you can get in the old like <laughs> shops and things, but it's just branded and very gory. <laughs> Wearing a long leather trench coat and rocket launcher. Exactly. <laughs> no, you're right. It is more of the same, isn't it? Uh, there's a zombie candle, whatever that means. Some some pin badges. Uh, the uh, reversible shirt that they had at uh, E3 and stuff, and. Um, flashlight that kind of thing it's fairly run of the mill none of it's terribly offensive but none of it really grabs me enough to go i absolutely need that 
And I remember the candle from before as well. Um, I mean, did anybody try those candles? I never know. They sound horrible. I was going to say, I worry about the smell of Mm. that candle. The so-called zombie candle. What would Raccoon City smell like? (laughs) (laughs) Wet and bloody? Yeah. (laughs) All right. uh, Our next bit of news. If are we are we all good, yeah, yeah. yeah go for yeah. it. Our next bit of news then is notorious leaker Dust Golem says that a Resident Evil Three remake is in development. Pinch of salt with this one. I have no idea myself, so I'm going to just pass this on to you, chaps. What do you think? Yeah, so um, obviously early days yet. Uh, Dust Golem has said that it's it's in talks. Um, Dust Golem usually I wouldn't like to report on every single tiny rumor and leak, but Dust Golem actually has a degree of uh, validity to things he said before um, about horror games in general, specifically with Resident Evil. He's uh, said stuff about Resident Evil 7 that was true, and recently with Resident Evil 2, I think he was the, pers- the first person to officially confirm that it's just two scenarios uh, rather than the zapping system. I think he was also the guy that said uh, it's going to be over the shoulder and stuff like that. So he's definitely got some history being correct. It, again, whether or not that this is true is a whole other... Uh, whole other barrel but again also it's early days so it might be they're having talks and they decided not to do it but who knows um i know lots of people are just running with this as it's confirmed but that's the internet i suppose we would have to believe that after the kind of wild kind of popularity we've seen over the the remake it's been really hyping up over the internet i think capcom would be stupid not to take notice and be like Let's at least talk about, you know, the remake of 3. I'd be more interested in the Code Veronica remake. I really didn't like Code Veronica that much. Um, But I think if it was done in the the remake style, I would probably enjoy it a lot more. So I think that would be stupid not to kind of be talking about it at least. Yeah. You said on a really powerful engine that they've put into now, is it DMC5 Mm. as well? You've got Resi 7 on RE2. They've got the assets there, the technology if the hype is big enough, and I'd imagine it is, it'd be it, like Adam said, it's, 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 it'd be silly not to at this point. At least talk about it. The it feels the thing is it's like um, ground they've already trod over. You know, they they basically know what they're doing with it um, in terms of storyline. They don't really have to do much um, other than sort of revamp it. I'm going to throw a curveball out there. Okay, so. <laughs> There's rumors of that going around now. We haven't even got to the Resident Evil 2 remake yet. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if this was to go into development, uh, we don't actually know when we would see it. Uh, who knows where Resident Evil could be in the future, especially with the success of Seven. Um, I'd be kind of surprised, but also not quite surprised if we don't get an over-the-shoulder Resident Evil 3. What if we get something completely different? What if we get something that is actually more akin to Seven? <laughs> I think person. you might see, yeah, like a VR maybe. You know, VR is probably mm. going to be amped up in a few years. Oculus ah. Rift has just released their, like, m- one of their more recent. I mean, being um, stalked by Nemesis in yeah. VR would be terrifying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was my thought. Oh, no. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Who knows? I, I would say you've got some things to consider with 
the remake. Uh, I know it's it's quite popular now, and I've talked about this before. The the sort of nostalgia fest that goes on with all these re-releases and remakes and stuff. I'd like to see them meter it out if they're going to do it. And I, I know there's been talk that Resident Evil Eight is already in development, and I'd like that to kind of come between the two of them if you're going to do that sort of bounce between the two styles and not just have it be, oh, Resident Evil is just remaking games, you know, one after the other. That'd Definitely. be the way to do it for me. I think, you know, hopefully if they do do it, and I think they probably should, and I think they probably will, and I do think when they were deciding some factors with Resident Evil 2, they really had to take Resident Evil 3 uh, into consideration. Like, if there were, if there was another retelling, what would they do with that? It's probably something that's always been sort of in the back of the conversation. Uh, yeah, I, I I do think it's going to happen, uh, but whether or not it's the next game or we see it a few years from now, who knows? Not to kickstart into the main discussion, but I'd imagine topping Tyrant with Nemesis is going to be a feat from what I've seen. Hmm. That That is terrifying. But yeah. yeah uh, la- um, our last bit of news then is quick congratulations on Steamforge Games beginning to ship Resident Evil 2, the board game. Retail release is set for January 25th. We'll talk about this talk about this more on the podcast properly later on down the line in 2019. Also, I got mine today, so yay! <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? I I don't want to. Didn't really really get into this too particularly because, oh, okay. like I say, we're going to do an episode later. But I felt it prudent to at least give the shout out. Um, there was a lot of deliveries to people today, so it's really started coming out, and then it's going out to the rest of the world after that. So congratulations to Sherwin and and the team. Uh, yeah. yeah, congratulations to all those involved. Yeah, yeah definitely. Agreed. And now, reading the file Director's Diary from Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, Mikey Russell, who you can follow at youtube.com forward slash Mikey Russell. September 10th. These patients suffer from gangrene and congestion of their blood at first. Then their mind slowly deteriorates. In the end, there's nothing left of their mind. When that happens, even mercy killing seems pointless. After all, they are already dead. This disease is unlike anything I have ever witnessed. Once the patient's mind is gone, they become flesh hunger monsters and act like wild animals or on some type of bloodlust. September 18th, another patient has been admitted to the hospital. He's showing symptoms of the first stages of the disease at this point, but I haven't been able to sleep at all these past few days. I refuse to let these patients become zombies. I'm not just an ordinary citizen. I am a doctor. Even if I die, my clinical charts will contribute to finding a cure. September 26th. We lost most of the doctors and the staff during the battle against the zombie patients. It's impossible to maintain the hospital under these conditions. And I know that it's too late for me. I'm beginning to feel the same itchy and hungry desire that all of my patients felt. It's too late for me. 
So our main discussion on episode 2 is of course Resident Evil 2 2019. This is going to be a bit more of a freeform conversation, uh, keep it a little less rigid, but we'll hit, hit the high points and that kind of thing. Um, starting with going way, way back, um, obviously the original game was remade in 2002, it, the remake was released, and when you do something like that, the community immediately starts contemplating a remake for Resident Evil 2, which comparatively, and even to this day, the original Resident Evil 2 doesn't need a remake, especially compared to the original Resident Evil, which was very dated already by 2002. Um, so there was some talk of that, but then obviously the franchise shifted in the direction of Resident Evil 4 and a lot of the changes that we talked about in the last episode. And... Uh, yeah, talk has always been there and it's had its ebb and flow, but uh, it's a decade and a half between the original remake and what is now uh, the remake of the second game. The official announcement of Resident Evil 2, the remake, came on August 12th, 2015 with a YouTube video exclaiming, We do it! Uh, which was... Uh, in a, it's a very odd one looking back on it. It seems so unceremonious now. Just, hey, we're making it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Especially considering that it was complete silence after that for oh, near man. enough three years. Very odd. I suppose it, I guess the way to look at it is it was to silence the constant bickering and demanding for it, or at least an attempt to, and to start building hype. But I think <laughs> if nothing else, it, it just made it worse. And to, yeah, and to replace it with constant bickering about <laughs> seeing things. This is true, yeah. How, what kind of remake is it going to be? And obviously, immediately people were like, oh, now you've said this. I want Resident <laughs> Evil 3 to be remade as well. <laughs> it, it's like when Nintendo announced Pikmin 3 at a board meeting. They're just kind of like, okay, we're making it. Will you stop asking us, please? <laughs> <laughs> that is actually funny enough how I feel about Pikmin 4, which they've said for years it's so close to <laughs> development. And now we've had all this big silence and everyone's going, well, it's Pikmin 4. But there you go. Uh, that's a side tangent, I suppose. Uh, finally, the game was revealed in uh, at E3 2018. There was two trailers, one at the PlayStation uh, event, which is the showcase trailer, and then the announced, so-called announcement trailer, which showed some of the gameplay. And then since then, we've had a slew of videos. In fact, um, it's many that I haven't watched. As we get close to the release, uh, Capcom do seem to be showing a lot of this game. So there's definitely been stuff that I've personally avoided. I'm not sure about everyone else. But let's jump back to E3. Uh, what was everybody's initial reaction to the reveal of Resident Evil 2? Uh, since you're new on the podcast, Adam, let's start with you. Um, I actually managed to kind of... I was kind of in and out during the day on the live stream and I managed to pop in just as they started showing the the trailer, which I kind of clicked was Resident Evil kind of straight away. It had that kind of vibe to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was pretty pumped. Um, I'm probably have played Resident Evil 2 less than any of you guys, to be honest. I haven't played it in a few years now, um, but I've always loved the series um so just seeing that um and leon's like probably one of my favorite characters just because i resident evil 4 is actually one of my favorites just in terms of the way the game plays like i know it's not a super popular opinion but i just enjoy that the the gameplay a lot and i find it very replayable um so yeah i was super pumped i think you're among uh 
good company when you say Resident Evil 4 being a great game. You don't need to worry about that. I know that Steve and I already spoke about our initial reactions, but Steve, for those of you, for those people who haven't heard that, what about you? Oh, well, uh, when I initially was watching the live stream, I was midway just playing Resident Evil Revelation 2's raid mode, right? Really, really fun mode. But um, the second that I heard the clatter of like cereal boxes and things, immediately turned the game off, and then I was locked in and just straight <laughs> up ripped. And first initial reactions were this looks gorgeous, that looks horrible and gory. Leon's got the wrong gun. <laughs> that, that, that got sorted out later on, don't worry. Why has the tyrant got a hat? And then just like, it's over the shoulder, isn't it? Over the shoulder shots start happening. And initially, there's a, there's a small pang of, why is it over the shoulder? Why can't he just do it in third person camera? And then I, I, I've i I've grown up. I've accepted. Things have to change. I like RE4 as a game anyway. So seeing it over the shoulder, going to Raccoon City that way, I imagine it's going to be fantastic. And that's the way my brain had to process it, I think. And then... Immediately, not long after, I message I message Sai and go, "We need to do a talk about this." <laughs> yeah, we did. Followed by, well, "Let's put it on YouTube." But it's it's a strange one because Resi Two, it's a game that I've wanted for, since the original remake. It's literally a case of just excitement. I want to see how they would do that because the original game versus the remake is phenomenal, and it looks like this may even blow that one out of the water if they can nail the landing. I, we'll have to wait and see when it actually comes out. Um, hopes are high, though. Jordan, what about yourself? Well, atmospherically, it is it's it's beautiful. Um, it, it it is interesting to kind of look at it in the respect that it's going to something that we're very familiar with in more recent times with the over the shoulder. Um, so you naturally make that comparison to Resident Evil Four, um, but I think it does enough to kind of distinguish itself. For one, it looks much more technically capable than Resident Evil Four. Like the enemies are you know, just absolutely crowding you. And it's not to say that they didn't in Resident Evil 4, it's just that there's a bit more of a sophistication. And, um, yeah, some of the some of the scenes from the trailers are just, like, terrifying, like in the police station. The, the thing about the original game was that it was extremely dark and gritty. And uh, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, I played it on the N64. I was not used to that type of, you know, those, those dark graphics. And um, and that was a key point in all of the visuals for the original game was darkness, um, and they represent that quite well in in the gameplay. Um, I like the fact that um, you're not necessarily in these wonderfully um, lit environments. A lot of them are quite dingy. Um, a lot of them aren't necessarily suited for um, sort of action shooting, and. I think that sends out all the all the right signals about this game that it is going to be tough, and it is going to be uh, above all scary. Um, it's not just going to be a beat for beat remake with modern visuals and modern gameplay, and just feel like you're going through the motions. It feels like they are trying to really hone that original feel, which is the most important thing for any remake. So I've talked about this a bit at length. Um like Steve alluded to, he and I had a conversation about this just like a day or two after the reveal. Um, but for those people who haven't listened to that necessarily, I, <laughs> funnily enough, I'm the person who had quite an adverse reaction to it. I mean, for the longest time, I 
did not want to see this remake and there are still little bits of it that I've got issues with but I've you know got to get over it honestly my reaction originally was very negative but I came around pretty fast uh, by the time we were recording that thing uh, I used the words cautiously optimistic and most of my issues were a little bit silly they were rooted a little bit in the gameplay changes but not necessarily in the oh it's gotta be fixed camera and all that just that <laughs> just the changes and how i thought it would affect the overall story and the feel and stuff like that but that being said it was immediately obvious like you just said jordan it was immediately obvious this is a horror game horror is the focus atmosphere tense and difficulty struggle being overwhelmed stuff like that all like real core elements and i saw a lot of uh backlash well not a lot a fair amount of backlash of people who said well i'm not playing it because it's not fixed camera and blah 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 you've turned it into a resi 4 clone big action game and it's definitely not that it's interesting because i do i do like the over the shoulder games in general but obviously they are much more and especially over time became much more action focused and it's really interesting that this resident evil 2 remake has kind of married that over the shoulder uh, progression and uh, fully 3d realized world but done it in a way with yeah real threat and real tense atmosphere and yeah, it seems like something else entirely, and not to put too fine a point on it, and obviously we're a month out from the game or so, but it seems like they may have finally figured out how to make Resident Evil feel good to play for a wider, if you like, casual audience, and also kind of be true to those horror roots. So, I mean, it's taken a very long time, but I think it's going to be worth it in the final product. Yeah. Yeah, like abs absolutely. The old school and the new school. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those things like um, it's like if you were remaking a film and you're taking an old black and white film and you're now in the color color ratio, you can obviously have a film with color, and then you refuse to, and you just kind of keep it as black and white. Um, if you if you have the ability to completely uh, remake something, recontextualize, take all those same kind of signatures and bring them into um, a new format, then you should definitely have a go at it. And that's what I like about it. Like, take a black and white film, and you remake it in color. And if you're trying to go for the same style, you try and bring out what the cinematography achieved, not necessarily its limitation by its format. And that's that's kind of what I see with the the format change and, and go into a new type of gameplay with this, this remake. It's, it's saying, look, how can we get people to feel the same way about this game as they did with the original? Because you're right. Like, you are limiting your audience if you if you stick with the fixed camera. As much as we all love it, it is something that, you know, even if you have been playing those games for years, it's, it's taken some time to actually kind of get into that groove and get into that style of gameplay. Um, and I think Over the Shoulder is obviously much more approachable these days. I uh, I completely agree with Jordan. I think that um, this Resident Evil remake, when it comes out, all copies of the original Resident Evil won't suddenly self-destruct um, and disappear off of your our systems. You know, that's always going to be there to play. I would have probably been disappointed if it was just an updated Resident Evil 2 with nice graphics because, you know, I don't know how much it would offer me as an experience. 
um, I really want to sort of see a new experience in that world that I'm already familiar with. Um, I think that the remake kind of marries a lot of what I've seen so far, at least kind of the atmosphere from seven, um, which I think is a good step to go. Um, it doesn't seem to be all out action. I feel we might get to like a third act, more actiony game, sure. like we we've seen recently in the series. They kind of do amp up. Even seven amped a bit up. The ship's um, yeah. Exactly. So I think we might see a third act, like run and gun type, like actiony finale as. Um, just because they have the ability to make it a lot more atmospheric and action-packed. And I think in all fairness, that is staying true to the original as well, because uh, a lot of people have always said Resident Evil 2 is uh, to Resident Evil 1 as Aliens is to Alien. There is much more action. It's... It, yeah, it's much more cinematic and maybe bombastic, if you like. And, yeah, if you play it right by the end, you are uh, very much overpowered. But I definitely I agree with your point about if they had made a straight remake, if you like, and just uh, shined up the graphics and added some extra bells and whistles like they did. As much as I love the original remake, it's I think it's the quintessential game. Uh it would feel in this day and age a little bit not lazy, but it's not. For one thing, it definitely wasn't worth the three years waiting. Uh, by compared to this brand new project that could have uh, huge implications on the future of the series, and that has really taken uh, the the well, not taken the community by storm. Obviously, there are some people who are staunchly against it still, and that's fine. But it's definitely, like you said earlier, it's got a lot of steam behind it there is a lot of hype and a lot of interest in this game and i don't think you would have got anything close to that if you just made a shiny resident evil 2 but to play devil's advocate to what you were saying about the original resident evil 2 not disappearing i think a lot of the pushback from particularly the hardcore community about the new game is that it could have potential huge changes to the canon and that will replace the original story and some of those new changes might not necessarily connect to some of the other games there are some weird i know it's like small fry to some people but to the real hardcore canon you know adoring fans there's like date changes and stuff that could change everything and location changes like geography changes that are wildly confusing and stuff like that but obviously, yeah, that's playing devil's advocate. And there's a little bit of me that's like, oh, you know, you're messing with the universe that I love there. Um, this is going to be the game moving forward. I think this is going to, I mean, unless the community absolutely hates the game and says no, I think it's going to replace the original Resident Evil 2's canon. There's a lot hanging off from that game. So many different directions, like 3 and Outbreak and stuff. But yeah, Massive I'm I'm okay with story. it. It absolutely is. I mean, that's I guess one of the other concerns of remaking it. It's like such a a huge part of the overall story and such a hugely important game in the franchise that it has to be done with care. And so I think Resident Evil Two's got a it's got big shoes to fill, hasn't it? At, the, at this point, because the remake was, for want of a better term, the the quintessential video game remake. This is how you do it. The original remake. Yeah, and it's got to now raise and beat that bar. And actually, I think it might be a little bit of hype talking. I think it's going to. As for, you know, the narrative change and things, I I wonder if they would be, you know, that ballsy to, 
you know, transform things that like, like if they, for example, go like, oh, Annette survives now, you know, <laughs> or something stupid like that. I, I don't see that. I don't, I'm not fearful for that. I imagine Sherry's still probably going to get infected at some point, for example, and Ada is going to get away with the G virus. I, I don't know if they'll like bleed hunk into the main story like you see him stumble by for four survivor, but I kind of want to see like, it's kind of like the fly and in the 1960s and then the fly remake to go back to like how films are done. Like it, it follows similar beats, but isn't necessarily the same thing. I, I don't see it making the original Resident Evil 2 irrelevant personally, but I can see why people would say, why would you play this one? You could play that one. Yeah. Ah, it, it's, it's more concerns for the overall story that you, you tell, isn't it? Just, yeah. Like the broad beats are going to be the, the same, but it is the tiny, very strange changes that, are going to have to be tweaked in everyone's you know, personal written timelines. They've just silly stuff. Like I think Cat uh, tweeted recently that the police station is built in 1969, and I mean that's not true. The original game, it's 1980 something. I think why that was changed, who knows? Probably not important, but stuff like that can have ramifications. Elliot doesn't die in a helicopter crash. He now oh, gets yes. stolen half by a shutter. Although, in all fairness, I don't think many other games do, John. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. But there's small changes that can yeah. somehow have a dominant effect, it's, maybe. So, for example, I don't want to get too deep into like, the nerdy. I mean, we are a Resident Evil podcast, so maybe we should get into the do nerdy. It. But we'll just <laughs> do there, it. There are file changes with dates and stuff, which is going to impact the story of the standoff between the RPD and the zombies that finally make their way uh, to the RPD during Outbreak, where you have different teams separated on the RPD that survive a certain number of days and they're, you know, separated from each other for however long, and blah, 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 blah. Just stuff like that, that's a, a story that actually takes place, uh, has been told over various different files and different games has added more to it. But it's just kind of gone now, uh, with these changes, it's it's it, like arguably at least, or it's going to be hard to make sense of it. Yeah, I mean, I think probably in Capcom's mind, they are um, not considering, mm. you know, outbreak. They're not considering all of these. They're they're probably pretty much just going ahead and revamping it. Chain probably date changes just to. I mean, I couldn't even tell you why. Um, <laughs> just because, probably. But yeah, it's it's unlikely that they're considering the wide canon of of all the series. It's very strange. There's already nods in there. I mean, uh, for example, Rita from the I want to say Desperate Times scenario from That's Outbreak correct. Two. She's yep. mentioned and stuff. Yeah, yeah there's definitely going to be nods in there, but I I don't think they're going to be too fussed about treading on their own feet in mm. terms of previous um like scrapbook pieces or you know audio anything like that yeah definitely seems that way but as with a lot of this it's all very much speculation until we can tear the game apart it's, it's all just going to be a dream at the end leon's going to wake up <laughs> he's um, going to wake up he's going to wake up in the shed in resident evil before you <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to to uh to, to just look back on the on the gameplay itself um obviously one big omission is the fact that there is no return of Hideki Kamiya <laughs> as the director um and obviously in remake 1 uh that played a massive role that was really the um 
the quintessential part of why remake was so good um was because the original director came back and and changed lots of things which meant that the original resident evil while it was you know being succeeded um still had a relevance because that remake was a response to the original it was saying to the original players you can enjoy this and you can come back and you can enjoy new things you know we're, we're trying to make this a brand new experience for you as well haven't obviously that is not here sorry haven't they been in talks with him i'm, I just want, I, I'm not gonna ask him on twitter because i get banned but i'm pretty sure <laughs> i'm pretty sure he has been talking to them and they have been in contact with him not necessarily as more than just a advisory or opinion role mm. yeah but, uh, i think um in reference to the original remake, a lot of the team, because it was only six years later, a lot of the team that made the first game was still around, so they contributed to it. So a worry, I suppose, with Remake 2 is how many people working on Remake 2 had worked on the original game. I know there's a few, and I've heard that, yeah, Cameo has been in some contact, to what extent, who knows. Uh, I suppose if you can do that, you absolutely should, because like you said, it was a real driving force. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, let's not tiptoe around it. The man's kind of a genius, so let's hope so. And now, reading the file, Type 3 Plaga's field test from Resident Evil 5, Lawrence Knott. One week has passed since the initial field test of Type 3 Plagas. Type 3 was designed to display dramatically enhanced physical abilities over previous versions. The original Last Plagas had a special Plaga, known as the Control Plaga, that would provide a host with enhanced physical abilities. These control types were limited in number, and they always cause severe physical changes in the host, and thus it was not always expedient to use them. From a business standpoint, this was undesirable. The idea was to create super soldiers without any side effects, something consumers wanted. The teams are currently working on developing a similar product to Las Plagas for commercial use, but given the affinity Las Plagas has for human hosts, it seems advantageous to continue to develop it. Other methods may produce superior super soldiers, but if they do not render the host completely controllable, their effectiveness would be limited. Taking a subordinate plaga, the base last plagas, and implanting a gene from the control plaga, created a new type of plaga, the type 3. It is believed that if type 3 can be perfected, it will become the new standard on the bioweapons market. But that day is still in the offing. During a recent field test, a number of issues came to the fore. The chief problem is its ineffectual adherence rate. In adult and adolescent males, the adherence rate is approximately 92%, the same for normal Las Plagas. For women and young children, Type 3 has a 0% adherence rate. With these disappointing results, it is obvious that in its current state, Type 3 would not render an adequate product. In addition, superficial mutations were invariably fatal. This is thought to be due to the dynamic influence of the control Plaga gene. The test, however, was not without some favourable results. Our goal to realise dramatic physical enhancement was somewhat realised. The jumping power of the host has shown remarkable improvement. Another point is one we hadn't predicted. Size increase in the hosts, with some reaching a height of almost 3 metres. This could also be due to the gene from the control plaga, but it is within acceptable parameters. With this field test, we did not achieve all our initial desired results, but the test was not a complete failure. It may be possible to use the information garnered from the current tests and use them to make improvements in any future tests. So, 
staying with changes a little bit, uh, are there any particular ones that have stood out to people as being a good thing or being a bad thing? Obviously, we got new locations and uh, new designs. We haven't talked about some of the new looks for characters and stuff like that. So is there anything that really strikes anybody in any particular way? No, actually, I, this is going to sound strange, but I'm kind of liking the way the progression system looking to be shaping up. Uh, and the design is going to affect how your character looks. Like, mm. for example, your weapons are going to be transformed by parts you find as opposed to finding a random merchant or something. There's no laser sights like, but I'll take that. And then your character's designs, they very much feel like almost real-world variations of the old ones. I mean, Claire's all right. That's, that's just more of a, a biker get-up as opposed to random shorts and a vest. And no turtleneck for some reason. But, <laughs> but Leon's looks very of the time, kind of what SWAT gear would be. And, and the police all look the same. Ada looks like a spy wearing a coat from the 90s, like a 90s spy thriller until, well, you, you've, you've probably seen the gameplay where she switches into something very much more similar to her old outfit. Uh, I, I like the visual approach they've taken to it, but at the same time, I'm liking the tweaks. The locations, I, there's only one new location been shown so far, isn't there? I believe am I going so. Crazy? Uh, well, aside from, yeah. yeah, aside from slight changes and new rooms to the RPD, of course, uh, like the third floor is a lot bigger and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, the only new area that we know of is the orphanage, which is a sherry specific area, apparently. This feels I bet like that's going to be creepy as hell. Yeah. Mm. I feel like this is the Lisa Trevor segment. You know, where there's that extra area that was just bulked onto the original, so to speak, and it fits perfectly. Yeah, perhaps I feel so. Like that's what the orphanage is going to be. Personally. There's been lots of uh, people, obviously, when trailers and stuff come out for games like these, people just slow them down and evaluate every little piece. But obviously there's that, what appears to be a zombie child in one of the early trailers. People are expecting that's what you come across in the orphanage. So there is a very real possibility that as Sherry, we're going to be running away from zombie children, which is actually kind of horrifying. That's awesome. I I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but what I really wanted was the orphanage to be somewhat of a prologue. Mm. Um, because Sherry obviously is is told to go to the police station, so I assume she starts out around that area, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, and then has to make her way to the police station where the story starts proper. It would be cool to have that tacked on at the beginning where you are just playing as her straight away. A non-combat um, tutorial kind of thing. Yeah, non-combat. Um, I think that would be really interesting. I doubt it will happen that way, but I would love it. Yeah, I like the idea, definitely. I mean, perhaps they could do it as a flashback or maybe even just like a additional mode in the same way that Resi 7 had different... Oh, wow. Uh, like the DLC had different parts of the story that you right. haven't seen previously, maybe. Who knows? But yeah, I think it suits quite well. God, uh, playable flashbacks, though. If if you if you had to actually like pull the trigger on Birkin yourself and then sort, sort of as a player have a hand in everything that happens afterwards. <laughs> that would be uh, that'd be emotional weight. You just wouldn't want to pull the trigger, would you? Um, one of Seven's strong points was the VCR system. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people reacted very well to that, and they know it. I wouldn't be surprised if we got something similar. We've already seen Leon interacting with security footage. So there's potential for that kind of thing to be in that space. Absolutely. One of the things that I wanted since the announcement was some kind of section or DLC or what, where you play as Marvin before Leon and Claire get there. Uh, that could be a way to do it. So 
that would be that would be fantastic. Just something kind of I'd like to see, and and the VCR is a great way to do it. More perspectives on right. what's going on, especially since it's like such a large, sprawling kind of scale event that, like we said previously, affects so much of the universe. It'd be nice to see other people interact uh, in their own ways and that kind of thing. And obviously, I think we might. Oh, sorry. No, sorry, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. I think we might see. Um, well, I think it's is almost guaranteed because of the technological advancements in in video gaming that I think we're going to have a lot more interaction with the uh, alive characters. Obviously, we've seen it with Marvin, but I think we'll see it with the other characters as well. I think we'll have a lot more story yeah. to get into that way. I would imagine that this is obviously a much longer game uh, than the original, which is not hugely long, especially, I mean, scenario by scenario. Um, so there's more room to do stuff with characters like that. There are some that we haven't seen properly yet. Obviously, we've seen Irons, but we haven't seen Ben. So who knows how much uh, a part of the story those characters get. Um, I don't actually, unless I'm mistaken, believe we've seen... Um, William in his human form and stuff like that. So there's some Not designs yet, no. that we haven't seen. I do feel like Capcom are showing a little bit too much for my liking, especially compared to RE7, which was a little bit lighter on keeping away from what the actual game was. I mean, they showed you locations because they had the demo and stuff, but it didn't really give anything away about what the actual game was, whereas we are seeing quite a lot of stuff coming out. And obviously, it needs to be said that there are leaks out there, uh, so mm. be careful what you're coming across and what you're looking up. There's there's more out there than Capcom have even acknowledged themselves, and it's very possible that they will acknowledge these things to try and stave off the leaks, if you like. It's uh, Yeah, be careful. Uh, we don't have too much time left to wait, but yeah, it's worth saying. Uh, there's plenty of content I haven't watched, so maybe I'm missing something with some of those designs. Obviously, the one that we saw at the beginning, which caused the most controversy, from myself included, was the uh, brand new look for Mr. X, the tyrant, and his uh, yes, his fetching <laughs> new hat. It's so stupid. <laughs> I actually, I'm going to be like the opposite of you. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I feel like the idea of dressing this guy up in such a way as if a survivor were to stumble across him, they would at first confuse him for a person, potentially, <laughs> um, giving him the upper hand on them. I can see the logic. I don't like that people are defending it with, well, <laughs> this is what he was going to look like in 1.5. <laughs> this is an old old piece of concept art. It's like, well, there's a reason they didn't go with old concept art. They picked the best one. That's how it works. <laughs> but I, I take your point. It's a, It seems a bit goofy to me. I know, Steve, you had some uh, concerns about his sort of gormless-looking expression. Yeah. How are you feeling about him now? Uh, now I've seen him in action. I I am very much impressed. Have you seen the, the screenshot? I think Capra put up the screenshot the of screenshot. the tyrant with yeah. the hat off. That's the same shot from the trailer. Yes, it's I now got a so. weird implant in his head. I'm kind of thinking that's why the hat's on. Like a narrative reason to not mm. get away of weak spot, but that's, so. I'm reaching. That's yeah. reaching there. But the you know what? Like, gone, gone. Oh, uh, the fact that the dude like he, he's. If you could put the Terminator in a video game, they they have they've made the quintessential nightmare now. The way he's <laughs> busting through walls, he can throw you around, grab you, you stab a knife in his hand, he just looks at it, and if, if he can laugh, oh good, you know, I'm pretty sure he's, he's got an internal chuckle as he's about to beat the living daylights out of you. I love this relentless killing machine that I haven't seen anyone be able to stumble yet. Uh, 
like Jack Baker in RE7, I suppose. They've Jack Baker the tyrant, and I'm totally down for being hunted by that menace. Yeah, now now that you guys have mentioned it about the suit and the hat, see, when I first saw the tyrant, I actually thought it's it like terrifying because of just how blank an expression. But yeah, with the hat and the trench coat, I suppose it's a bit like the Ninja Turtles movie where they're going undercover. You know, <laughs> I can't I can't unsee that now. Thanks, but but, but honestly, I I. I Oh, the face of uh, Mr. Mr. X and um, oh, something just, I don't know, it unsettles me. It is um, creepy, I'll give you that. And, and obviously you didn't have that in the original. There's only so much they can do with a little, little face texture um, for the characters. And that kind of detail is what keeps you know, drawing me into the, the art of the Resident Evil 2 remake. They're able to go to this kind of level of detail. So personally, I've been terrified of, been from from the day one of seeing him in this game, he he looks properly creepy. It's the strained pain and veins on his face. It's just like, mm. I yeah, I I really really like this this look of him. And and as Steve kind of mentioned earlier, like Claire sticks a knife in his arm, and he I, I get the impression of he looks here like, what is this? Like, what did you just do? Like, and then he's like, whatever. It's. It's pretty, uh, pretty spot on. I think the way they have him moving and reacting, like he pushes a zombie out of the way in one scene, <laughs> which is super. Cool. He's just shot. like, get out of the way. I've actually like, not watched this footage, so this sounds amazing. Not? Well, no, it's oh. I don't. It's fine. I don't. I, I'm gonna not watch it still, but hearing about it is great because it's conjuring up so many images in my head. It's that. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> oh, you're gonna love it, Sai. Yeah, not, yeah. Over, not overselling it, but yeah, it's it's. Bang on. They did injustice. Good. For sure, well, yeah, it's excellent. There's been talk about, um, especially recently, um, I don't know if this is considered a spoiler or not. I've definitely been flirting around for a little while now, but I, I know it's 100% now. But no new enemies in the game, which is fine. There's definitely been confirmation that stuff like the Ivy from the lab is going to be in, which is something that they struggled with putting in the game, apparently. But it was... Uh, something that needed to be there. So there is some things like that that we haven't seen that I'm really looking forward to seeing how the planty yeah, planty uh, boys move. Stuff like that. A bit of a uh, a bit of a minor spoiler here I think and and, and I, it's not a credited quote so I mean take it with a pinch of salt but apparently there's going to be some different um formations of Birkin that we haven't yeah, seen. Yeah, I read that as well. Um, and I'm changes. wondering if that might be the same with Mr. X as well, the tyrant. So we'll see. Like I mean, it might be completely wrong, but I would definitely be down for some some different stages. Yeah, why not? Um, you just imagine Capcom with a twinkler eye going, yeah, I said new mo- no new monsters, but you didn't say anything about new forms. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I know amongst some of the clips they put out recently, and I think the, the tyrant one was one of them that I've, I've read something, again, I've not watched it, but I've read something that they've changed the G-Mutant boss fight, and there's a design change there, or some kind of mutation there that's different. So Stuff like that yeah. is really cool. There is there is some footage from the G-Mutant fight, and it's definitely, well, obviously, again, technological limitations. Yeah. It's, it's way more evolved. Um, and it seems super interesting. It do, That one seems a bit more action-y, um, mm. but it's hard to tell from what they really show you. It's a very different location as well, isn't it? Uh, yes. You fought in like the pipe room before, and it's not there anymore. It looks like the area of Resident Evil Four where you fight the Verdugo. Oh right. Um, okay. When it's sticking its like tail down into the sewer, it's like a little sewery area like that. 
Okay, that will work for me um, because obviously, from what I can tell, the, you fight on that weird walkway in the original that makes no sense, mm-hmm. like the big open cavern with the steel walkway. That's it's just kind of silly. Get, Stuff like that wouldn't really work in uh, right. a brand new. And I get the game. feeling this might be a, an enemy that isn't just like a one-off one oh, room i think this might be a small area of the game where it it kind of again it's kind of hard to tell just from what i've seen but it feels like it's like a something that comes back maybe cool okay well moving on slightly uh something that we haven't touched upon too much we talked about the atmosphere and stuff but does anyone have any particular remarks on the graphics the use of the re engine some audio design i know there's uh, some stuff to say about music and uh, voice acting. Anything? Any particular views? Uh, I'm pretty interested, actually, in the um, deluxe edition. I can't remember what the name is. Maybe it's collector's <laughs> edition. Yeah, yeah. They have so many editions nowadays. It's the the one that gives you the original soundtrack. Also, now mentions the original sound effects. It'd be oh, interesting really? to see how that <laughs> sounds. This with, is new. obviously the update. Yeah, that's gonna like. Glorious HD graphics and and then uh, like grenade sounds from 1998. Yeah, <laughs> the old school zombie <laughs> bones. Oh, that sounds. Yeah, why not? Sod it. I mean, it's gonna be silly enough with the music. It's not really gonna suit, but it's gonna be cool. And what I'm gonna implement it because it's apparently incidental the way the music plays in the new one, isn't it? Mm. It's not on all the time. There's a lot of just silence and ambience. Yeah, that's. I mean. Um, it's a thing with modern gaming, and I think it obviously suits the remake. I don't think anyone's going to argue there. Uh, it's a shame, obviously, that it... Well, who knows how much of it is remake, remixed original music. The original remake didn't have too much in the way of music from the original game. Uh, but who knows? I know the front hall uh, does start with the sort of bell sound, but I don't know if there's anything beyond that. And obviously, there's been... The save theme has been floating around YouTube for the longest time now, which is a kind of... Uh, reimagining of that piece as well so yeah interesting i'll be interested to um play through with the noir filter on as well i think that's a nice little touch if you wear the noir costume you can play in like a monochrome color scheme so that could be fun well go for some city and have blood red and everything else black and white Steve and I spoke um, before about the RE engine, and it's, it's, a, it's a great, great thing. It looks wonderful. Obviously, the game looks great. And the fact that it pulled off the first-person perspective in RE7 and also what it's done with this. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this engine so far. Yeah, really I'm glad they didn't the shy away from the level of gore that we've seen as well. Like, I, I was worried when it was first announced that they might... I mean, I know 7 was pretty <laughs> full-on, I was worried with this one they might try to go a little bit more mainstream with it because it's kind of like a bigger title. I was worried we might not see as much in the terms of the gore, but it's 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 been pretty pretty grisly so far. So I'm yeah. happy with that. I mean, you say that and immediately leaps to mind is that guy in the uh, corridor whose face basically just falls apart. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty grim. The visuals are fantastic, as as we've mentioned. Um, hit the atmosphere just right there's uh there's a nice grittiness to it um it's not it's not too clean because you know in the in the high def era you can worry that some games can kind of lose that um because they can be so clean and you can you can see you know all of the level of detail that it kind of takes away 
from it. It's kind of a, it's kind of like when you would watch old horror movies like on, on a VHS. The 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 quality lacking kind of actually makes it have a higher appeal because you can't always tell what's lurking in the shadows. But I think this works really well, despite the fact that it, you know it looks technically brilliant. Um, the only uh, down point that I would say it's not really a down point, but I, I have to bring it up: the animation in the cutscenes. I'm not sold on. Um, I think some of the some of the lip syncing is a. It's a bit basic for uh, you know modern games these days. I know that the development, you know, they're not Naughty Dog. They're not necessarily going to come out with the the best, most realistic looking close ups. But I was uh, I found that a little bit lacking. That's the only part of the presentation which I've just been kind of seeing that there could be some improvement. Kind of, yeah. I think it looks a little sharper than RE7, though. Uh, that had real bad lip-syncing issues. Yeah. It's never something that they've excelled at, it seems. No. Yeah. I could see, I completely take that. Uh, that would be that, a minor notch, like you say, on what is so far looking like a fairly pristine-looking product. Like, obviously I mean, it's the- definitely leaps and bounds over the original with their little shaking heads and all that. <laughs> yeah. <you> know, but- <laughs> Flat-faced, expressionless people with like shovels for hands because <laughs> couldn't animate individual fingers, stuff like that. Obviously, yeah, you see those <laughs> when the game first got announced. Especially, you used to see all those posts on Twitter and stuff where it was like, "This is the game, twenty-two years on. Look how different it looks." It's like it's not even worth the comparison. They're like totally mm. separate things. Like, look, this is what Leon used to look like. This is what he looks like now. It's like, yeah. It's like showing someone a picture of a baby and then being like showing someone a picture of a man. This is him 22 years later. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Like, yeah. You, you could swap that baby in for any baby and I'd be like, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So and the moms come back and make gameplay changes that are different to the original. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Don't don't change the baby gameplay change. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> I should have thought about that one before I said it. Does, so does anyone have any last sort of uh, predictions and hopes and concerns to end on before we wrap up this uh, main part of the discussion? Steve, anything? Final I, words? Uh, yeah, I think Adam's touched on the right note there with the whole, like, the, the tapes, for example. We, we've got to see other characters' points of view this time. I, I think that's the one thing I'm hoping for most. And it looks like with the orphanage segment, at the least it's been teased, we're going to probably get something like that. I want to see yeah. elsewhere Sorry, around the incident. Mm. There is so much you can do with it. That's the thing. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's what I was about to say. There's there's so much. It's like the background is so rich. Just just in the city itself mm. and like the fact that we, we, enter, um, we enter a story that's already almost completely happened. You enter it towards the end. I mean... You know, obviously, throughout the throughout to the end of the game, the city is destroyed. So you really come in at the tail end of this zombie invasion. Um, I think you could see so much stuff. You could see like Kendo. Mm. Um, there's plenty of stuff. You know, he's obviously gone through it. So <laughs> um, there's tons of stuff there that we could potentially see either in the game or as DLC. Yeah, totally. Like you say, there's so many characters as well. And I said this to show him before, it kind of, I never really thought about just how many characters show up, even briefly in Resident Evil 2, that you can add more to with the remake, like Kendo, like Ben. Even the mayor's daughter was dead in the game. That's exactly where I was going with it. Yeah, you could add something to that Iron slash mayor's daughter whole thing. 
for me, that was like when I played Resident Evil. I mean, I obviously I was a lot younger when I played Resident Evil 2, but for me, that was like the biggest mystery of the whole game. Mm. I was like, who is that chick? And like, what happened? I really wanted to know. Uh, Jordan, anything particularly on your mind, hopes and concerns-wise? Any predictions? Well, just to, just to chime in on that that point about ex- expanding the stories through through DLC. I mean, the way that you guys were talking about like uncovering extra stories within Raccoon City, it reminds me a little bit of almost like uh, an expansion on things like uh, the files um, and and notes, and you know, being able to actually walk through the the, the footsteps of those people. Um, I mean, I'm hopeful that it, it it's a success, and Capcom does bring out um, you know some kind of DLC schedule so that they can expand upon Raccoon City. Yeah, in in a in a tasteful way, in a way that feels like it's it's a naturally expansive uh, experience, not just tacked on with with new characters or whatever. Um, but obviously, this is a game that's very important to a lot of people. Um, people who know the complete ins and outs of that city, and this is a golden opportunity to expand on that. I do think it's going to be a success. It's coming out on three platforms, and it's had a really, I would say, a heavy marketing strategy. Mm. Like it's it's been ever present that it's coming out. There's some remakes that do fall under the radar and such. Shadow of the Colossus comes to mind. Uh, so I expect it to be a, a, a big success. Yeah, I think for most part we've wrapped it up quite well. My general final thoughts would be. I am. Um, it's funny how I went so quickly from a game that no, I don't want this remade to being pretty excited about, despite all the changes that I might take issues with. And like you say, knowing the city inside and out, uh, as nonsense as it is that the in the original games that Raccoon City's city streets are ridiculously tiny and they are now much more real because obviously the gameplay changes uh kind of have more to do with that than anything there's stuff like that where it's like well you've changed the whole map oh i don't like it but there are changes that i'm really excited to see like we haven't even touched on i mean we did briefly say maybe the game could start like this but we don't know even where the stories are going to start like we in some of the you know a lot of the gameplay videos and stuff we've seen uh, Leon being in some kind of shop, which could be the truck stop, perhaps, from the opening FMV. But mostly it's just, right, here's the RPD. We don't know what's what, what's where, what's going to take place when, what's the change. I'm, I'm interested to see how they've changed things for the better. And obviously, a couple of weeks down the line afterwards, uh, we'll see how the community reacts to a lot of it uh, and how it's treated moving forward. But in terms of that kind of stuff, yeah, pretty excited. The game looks solid. Yeah, Resident Evil 2 remake. It's real. It's coming very, very soon. Can you believe it? Nervous. My hype is 9 out of 10 zombies right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> is anyone here? Jesus. They're everywhere. I'm giving you an order, rookie. You save yourself first. Help me, please! What in God's name?
So to finish off our Resident Evil 2 remake discussion, we're going to add a little bit more to that conversation with our bite-sized discussion. Again, as I said previously in future, this would be something that I want all of you community members to contribute to, so please ask questions for us to talk about to wrap up the show. But this week's question uh, relates to, in fact, the beginning of Remake 2, and which character will everyone be playing Remake 2 as first, and why, and what kind of run are you looking to do? Jordan, let's start with you. Any particular preference on where to start? I'll, I'll be playing as Leon. I, I've played as Leon like sort of every time I've started it up. It seems like that's just like the default. I've never tried Claire's um, at all. I will, but um, I think to stick as close to my original experience, it will be Leon. Just, just kind of bog standard, mm. I suppose. I because I, and also because of his path, I kind of want to see what's changed. Yeah, for sure. I think he's the, the default in many people's thoughts because if nothing else, he's disc one of the original game. I know you played it on the N sixty four, so most likely mm -hmm. when it came up with the selection, Leon on the left, Claire on the right. Mm -hmm. So of course that makes sense. Uh, Adam, uh, Leon as well. Yeah, when I very first played the game as an impressionable fifteen year old, I was like, why would I want to be the girl? You know. <laughs> Um, but that was just young me being brash. Um, I probably preferred playing as Claire. I preferred the story. Um, but I'll definitely be starting with Leon um, in this one. And I think in terms of the playthrough, my first playthrough is probably going to be like stupidly long because I'm going to spend so much mm -hmm. time walking around every room, like looking at everything as much as I can. Yeah, I... Uh... That's the kind of run that I'm looking to do. That's the sort of thing I did with Seven as well. I had a bit of it. I mentioned this in my review for it on YouTube that I would have loved to have known how long on my first uh, playthrough had taken. But for some reason, my Xbox just carried on counting the game timer even when it was off because I didn't quit out the software. So I couldn't actually <laughs> figure out how long it took me to play it. But yeah, a nice, uh, slow real take in every detail kind of playthrough is first for me and then there'll probably be a speedrun achievement which will be uh, delicious and uh, yeah playing with costumes like you said the noir mode and stuff like that uh, I, I I was thinking Leon just to mix it up I usually play as Claire but because of the way that the games were marketed with Leon so heavily uh, I was leaning towards Leon but now with everyone saying Leon I might I might swing back to my usual and play as Claire first and see if there's any kind of different kind of feeling that I get from you guys. Uh, Steve, Leon or Claire, what kind of run? Uh, right, if it was down to just personal preference, I think I would go for Claire. Mm. I I really, I much like you, I, I enjoy Claire's campaign. Leon's is like, that's that's schlocky fun with guns, but Claire's always feels tense because their guns are a bit rubbish. And <laughs> I like I like, a, like that terror of things don't necessarily work very well. But uh, I, because I'm doing the whole Let's Play bit, and I'm, I'm not plugging, not trying to plug, but um, <laughs> I'm putting it to a vote. Uh, oh, okay, so cool. I'm going to let the public decide. I would go for Claire personally, but I'm going to let the public decide. I like that. And Bill, by all means, plug away uh, as as a fan uh, of, <laughs> of the Let's Play series <laughs> you guys have been doing. You played. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've been watching it all. Uh, I mean. 90% of that is because I enjoy it, and 10% is I keep getting called out to, uh, <laughs> can you please provide some information on backstory of this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, oh, wait, it's, uh, the story of El Gigante, if you please sign it. Uh, the comments yeah. were, I have no idea, Steve, stop asking. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. We'll, it'll be interesting to see where your poll lands. I think I might actually, now that I've said it, I think I might stay with Kaya. Our next episode will be 
uh, most likely we'll be looking back on the game after it's been released and we'll talk about what we thought of it and that sort of deal. Um, obviously, that's a little ways off yet. So maybe there'll be an episode in between, but can't guarantee anything in particular. If you do head over to our Discord, obviously you can stay super up to date with what we're doing. We'll, we'll tell you generally on social media what's going on. But if you're on the Discord, you can talk with other listeners and fans. You can talk with us and we'll let you know what the plans are when we're recording, what we're recording and so on and so forth. Like I said at the top of the show, the RSS feed is coming. Please do follow those social media accounts and all that stuff. We are always looking for file readings, so please get in touch if you fancy yourself trying out a little bit of voice work. It's mostly pretty simple stuff and generally should be pretty enjoyable. And it's a good way for us to connect with you and you to connect with us and that kind of stuff. If you want to find us all individually, you can find me on Twitter at Siniac underscore one two three. You can follow Steve at Firebutton Games. Jordan is at Serialbox sixty four, and Adam is what did you say from the old days or whatever? He's not on Twitter. I can't do Twitter. I don't know that. <laughs> but you can. <laughs> don't you follow... need like a bird or something? Yeah, I don't know. A bird in the hand and two in your phone. I don't know. You can follow <laughs> Adams. <laughs> Uh, painting adventures, uh, obviously with the Resident Evil 2 board game coming next year as well. I'm sure he'll be doing lots of content on that, which is facebook.com forward slash Mr. Lucky Paint. Thank you to all of the panel, uh, everyone for listening, the contributors to this episode, and nothing else remains for me but uh, to say thanks for listening and have a great week, guys. Success. Yay. That, was, that was good. I uh, I worried for a little bit today, thinking, are we really going to be able to talk about Remake 2 for an hour? But we <laughs> that was pretty easy. I think we should do another take. Uh, <laughs> no, the whole thing. You've oh, jinxed dear. it now. I'm going to stop this and it won't have recorded. I, uh, there's not enough talking about Johannes Robert. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think we now we need to go, go back and watch his whole... Uh, we, we haven't even watched his whole filmography. What are we? <laughs> we yeah. Come well, back once we've watched it. Okay, judging by the last two episodes, potentially we're going to be talking about that again next time because it keeps coming up. So maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's a different director every time we come back. <laughs> six six podcasts later, the Resident Evil movie is going to be directed by a bucket of sand. Or <laughs> Dewey Anderson returns to the Resident Evil franchise, and we all die a little inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>